Hello, everyone, and happy March Madness. You are listening to episode 79 of the No Shot Clock podcast, a podcast dedicated to high school basketball in Illinois. And at this time of year, well, we're down to the final week of the season with the Class 3A, 4A state championships in Peoria this weekend. I'm Joe Henriksen of the City Suburban Hoops Report. And with me is Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times. And, Mike, we are we're set to break down the final weekend of the season. And I'll take a look, little look back to at some uh, sectional and super sectional action over the over the last past uh, week. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready for this state tournament. I uh, Joe and I already started talking about it, and then we weren't even recording yet, so we, we had to cut that off and get to it. Um, I guess let's start off with our two takes. Then we're gonna do a look back, and then then we'll hit the preview. Um, you want to give us your first take, Joe? Yeah, I'm like I, you know. Marion Catholic is my first take, and along with Mike Taylor, Coach Mike Taylor, and I, and I think we it's kind of become this accepted Marion Catholic kind of quasi basketball program that's been around for a little while. It just kind of seems that way because Tyler Eulis years were pretty magical in the South Suburbs when Tyler Eulis was playing back in 2012 through 14, and but my point of this, my take is where Marion Catholic was prior to Mike Taylor. If you really dig deep into Marion Catholic basketball, it is non-existent. It's it's pretty incredible, incredible since the early '60s, right up until Mike Taylor being hired in I think 2003, 2004. You know, they had won one regional title in the entire existence of the school. They had one. 20 win season in all of those years from 1961 through you know 2004 so and then to look to see what they've done and where they're at right now uh it's pretty remarkable mike taylor took over again you know a little over 10 years ago and they've won they've won six i think regional championships three sectional titles uh of course the tyler eulis years they lost in the super sectional in class 4A in back-to-back years. So for them to kind of get over the hump, their last, you know, their last hurdle, their last step as a program really is pretty neat for this in the South Suburbs. Mary Catholic has kind of arrived on the scene with those Euless teams. And, you know, they won 23 games and a regional championship a couple of years ago. But here they are in Peoria. Playing for a state semi in the state semifinals, it is in Class Three A this year, but it, it is really something to look back, Mike, and see kind of the futility of, of Marion Catholic basketball. When you when you hear what I said earlier, one regional title, one twenty win season, and then if you go really look, multiple multiple seasons of single digit wins. And as I was talking here, I pulled it up, and you know starting in the 70s through the 80s, win seasons of seven and six and six and eight and six and eight and three and three and three and two and six. <laughs> That's futility, man. And for them to be where they're right now says a lot about uh, Mary Catholic basketball and what Mike Taylor's done with that program. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, Bloom was the 100-pound gorilla in Chicago Heights. 
for a very, very long time. Um, they were kind of up against there. Mine is this. Mine is my first take is similar uh, to yours. I hope I'm not stealing your second one, but because you tweeted about both these teams, but I'm just very excited to see Larkin at state and finally get over the hump. And it's such a great story, you know, with Darren Carter coming back to his alma mater, who had what I think like some four win and two win seasons before he was there. Maybe his first couple of years too, I believe. Um, yep. just, just a handful of wins and what he's done and. And even and who they beat to get here, you know this. They didn't kind of ease their way into state. They had to beat Bennett. Yeah, it might not be the greatest Bennett team in the world, but we know they hadn't lost the whole second half of the season. We know how good they are this time of year. Um, I know a lot of people didn't think they were going to get there. They turn out to be the only team I predicted correctly to get there. The one I was least confident in, but. It's going to do so much for that school and community basketball-wise. We always hear, you know, year after year, just heard it today on the coaches' conference call, Gerald Coleman talking about how the, this North Chicago group kind of worshipped the 2012 team. They went to all the games. You know, that, that was a big deal. So this is just going to help so much for basketball to take off in Lark, and it's going to be something that hopefully just sparks things there. And Darren Carter's done a really tremendous job. Hopefully a, a nice big crowd comes out. And uh, they're going to have their hands full with Belleville West, but it's such a, a huge step forward for that school. Yeah, my, my second one is, is you know, I think <laughs> Tyrone Slaughter, Whitney Young, will joke with me about not picking him or, you know, playing the disrespect card. Somewhat tongue-in-cheek sometimes, but I think he uses it to his advantage at times or tries to. <laughs> but... I, in this particular season, in an odd way, he's kind of right. And, I mean, these were the defending state champions from a year ago that really returned quite a bit of talent. I mean, Xavier Castaneda and, and Javon Freeman. John Freeman was a huge part of that second half of the season last year and really was probably their best player. Uh, Lucas Williams was you know, the anchor for that team. But, you know, Javon Freeman was terrific at the end of the year. My point is just – you know, we, we've been talking so much about Simeon, so much about Orr, and, you know, Ayo Desumu at Morgan Park and his injury and how good are they. And, you know, Slaughter's team at Whitney Young was, I'm not going to say they're forgotten because we talked a lot about them and we've written about them and their players get plenty of accolades. I, I, I'm not saying that. But it, it is kind of almost – surprising to see them where they're at right now beating mighty Simeon who nobody you know had beaten in the state of Illinois all year long uh, and they're coming off the state championship and here's a program now who you know I know Belleville West and, and Evanston stand their way but in Larkin but uh, you know he's on the verge of winning a fourth state championship I believe is that be the fourth one and with a runner-up finish as well. I remember they lost the uh, 2010 in the state championship game. So it, it, this is the rare time where I'm saying maybe Whitney Young was a little bit overlooked, a little bit underappreciated for who they were, what they had coming back. And again, I'm not saying we don't talk about them, but kudos to, to Slaughter and, and the Whitney Young Dolphins for getting back to Peoria uh, when not a lot of people picked them to get back. Yeah, I was looking back at the preseason rankings earlier this afternoon. I had them four um, in the preseason behind Orr and Simeon, which I think was legit, but probably shouldn't have had them behind Curie. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, you know, Curie did have a better regular season, but Curie had all the transfers and a lot of the hype. You know, they kind of played really well over the summer. 
Um, but yeah, Whitney Young, no doubt. Um, the doubting is gone for me. We'll get to that later on in the uh, We're also program, Mike, and this goes with how this is by design by Tyrone Slaughter. I, I would be, let's, let's say they win the state championship and it'd be their fourth one. I guarantee you, I'd have to do some really serious homework, but there is nobody with multiple state championships with more losses. Uh, with all their teams, I mean, or playing state championship games. I mean, we're we're talking, um, you know, that the, yeah. the first state championship had nine losses. The runner-up finish had seven. Then they had five last year. I think they had seven or eight this year. Might be their best record. What's their record this year? Uh, no, no, they got seven yeah. losses right now. It's it's you know they play a rugged schedule, and and I'm not saying that Whitney doesn't care about the regular season, but. They they certainly put less stock in I'll just say the the old Red West and those conference standings compared to any other program, and that's just and their end result has been a lot of success in March, especially of late. My second take, just kind of thinking back over the uh, season, and you know, talking to a lot of the public league kids, I covered a lot of the public league playoff games the last couple of weeks, and I just think they get a lot of crap for when, when things go wrong. And I think this was just an exemplary season for the CPS. You know, in the beginning of the year, there was a little bit of drama about the transfers, but um, I think you know how I feel about that. I'm not too worked up about it. But when you look back over the season, there weren't any incidents, you know, of any kind of fights. Even in the, the fans, there were no bad stuff and brawls. There was no coaches getting suspended, except for, I guess, slaughter at the beginning of the year for a, a summer thing. But the season went really smoothly. And the kids, I thought, even considering all the I.O. Dosumo versus Taylor Horton Tucker stuff that was on the internet and that happened with what went down with Illinois, they really conducted themselves in an impressive, classy manner. And now they could very well wind up with three state titles. And I think they'd the coaches, the players, the whole CPS deserves a lot of credit for a really flawless season in a lot of ways. And that's not something we've seen a lot. Hopefully nothing goes wrong in this last weekend here. But I just wanted to give props to CPS because a lot of people know I will be the first to mention it when things go bad. But they, they've done a really, really nice job this season. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I, again, it, what, the three potential of three state championships would really <laughs> culminate one heck of a season for the public league. And I, um, I, I know last year they had two state champ or two teams playing for the state championship, Simeon Young, and it wasn't possible for that to happen this year. So it's hard to top that, but, um, three state titles would for a, another year would back to back years. That's oof. that is something else. Yeah. Let's, um, uh, quickly, I, I just want to, I feel like we need to mention last weekend a little bit. You know, I don't want to let the sectional finals go by without talking about them. Um, also, you know, or we, we need to mention that they put on a pretty nice show in the in the title game to win Class 2A. They definitely lived up to their small school hype, at least. And the way things have gone now with Young and Simeon, <laughs> or has a chance to wind up on top of the rankings at the end of the season and give me a bit of a headache. Um, but then let, let's hit those sectional final nights. Joe and I, I think we were both at West Aurora against Bolingbrook and boy, the Blackhawks looked great. It, it you know, wasn't going to last Belleville West took care of them. Um, 
but they've come a long way. I think it was a big night for Brian Johnson, kind of get that first big kind of trophy after the Gordy Kirkman era, and I think things are off nicely there. Um, there was the great game I wrote about, Joliet Bolingbrook a, a little bit, Joliet Central. People, I, I'm still shocked how much everybody was talking about that. Um, and then Young's win over Curie, another one I wanted to mention, the sectional final, in overtime. I mean, it's easy to see how Young wouldn't have been here. The Lincoln Park game was so close. The Curie game was so close. But they've managed to get through. Uh, maybe we should have been worried a little bit about Simeon. You know, they only beat – they were down most of the game to Marist. Barely survived Brother Rice. Um, any one of the ones you want to hit, Joe? Yeah, I just uh, just hit on a couple of things in regard to those teams. West Aurora, you mentioned Brian Johnson and – you know, I, I even um, we, we we had text exchange, and I told this to him. And you know, looking at that team, you know, they, they had a lot of success. That senior group, I believe, went undefeated as sophomores with Cameron Denatlin on varsity. So there was talent there, good pieces in place, but there wasn't there. There's not a Division One basketball player on that roster. And Brian Johnson stepped into a, obviously a tough. Anytime you're following up a legendary coach like Gordy Kirkman, that's tough enough. But I, I just mentioned to Brian Johnson, just he maximized his talent and his players in, in that group. Uh, and the other thing is they, tr- I mean, they improved from what I saw them in November, November, December. I probably saw them six or seven times this year now, and the improvement they showed was tremendous. And to, to I mean, they really maximized everything by winning that sectional title. And they just ran into a machine in Belleville West. But, um, you know, and there there wasn't a stunning, stunning loss. It made some scores. I never thought Bennett would beat somebody by 27 in a sectional final, uh, as they did to Willowbrook. But, again, Willowbrook, again, I didn't get very far. I didn't get to the super sectional this past week. But, you know, that program, what they've done, uh, back-to-back seasons, big win totals, getting over the hump, win a regional, uh, says a lot for for that program as well. No doubt. It's uh, let, let's hit Tuesday night. Last night, now, Joe, uh, let's start off with you. You were down at Illinois State for like the third year in a row, I think, right? Yeah, uh, it, you know, I just, you know, I, the, the, the matchups intrigue me because you're guaranteed of seeing something you haven't seen before. Is is a big reason. You know, we had Simeon normal. Uh, a normal upset Simeon, and then uh, who played last year? Belleville, Weston, Simeon. Oh yeah, or sorry, Edwardsville, Edwardsville, Ed- Ed- Edwardsville, Edwardsville. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was like I, I mean, if I know we'd be talking about Simeon still having not lost anybody if they would have beaten Young, and maybe we should be talking about Young now as being the favorite. But I came home from watching that game and saying, okay, Belleville West is clearly the team to beat. And they will remain my team to beat going into Peoria this weekend. That's how good and impressive they were. Uh, EJ Liddell is who I said he was, and and then some. He, he is just – I just don't know if there's a player who impacts a game at both ends of the floor like EJ Liddell. And defensively, he's just – he alters and blocks so many shots, and he takes up space in the lane and – He's just a horrible mismatch at the high school level with his, you know, body and strength and finesse, and he's just a special talent. But that's they go beyond that. They are big. They're strong. They're physical. They're well coached. They're not a great shooting team, but they a little streaky, 
and they have enough shooters, just enough, but they just they really dismantled West Aurora in every phase of the game. Uh, so it was it was over when it was five to nothing. I, I don't know very many games where I've thought, okay, this it's five to nothing, but this game's over. That's how I felt uh, just watching it. And obviously got up 18-10. They were up by 20 at halftime. It, it was just, it was over. And West Aurora was, you know, they played 10 times. I think Belleville West wins all 10 times. Yeah, I had a similar, West Aurora, some West Aurora fans emailed me, thought the same thing. Got some texts from some other people there. Everyone was very impressed. You were not alone. It's uh it's definitely set up uh, an interesting uh, state tournament arrival for Belleville West and EJ Liddell. Uh, I was over at Chicago State. I actually wanted to be where Joe was, but I got lucky. And uh, I, I was not excited about young Simeon after it was so lame last time. But this one was, uh, you know, one of those games. We've all seen them in these public league games. Just a really high level of play. You know, seemed like a college game. Both teams were playing well. Then, you know, the third quarter, Young just... You know, they end up getting a 10-point lead on Simeon. The Wolverines turned the ball over some, were unable to score. I've been thinking about it a lot lately of why Simeon has looked different these last few weeks. And, you know, you don't want to blame anybody. Or and it's probably in the long run a good thing, but Kawan Clements became a scorer and a, and a true scoring threat, the second-best scorer on the team, really, after Taylor Horton Tucker. And... I think he's going to be just a standout player this spring and summer and, and, and really good next year. But what it did this season, it just seemed like Simeon didn't have a point guard anymore. No one was facilitating. That ball was not moving. There was a lot of one-on-one isolating this guy over there, you know, to see if he can beat his man. It just it was not that same so many weapons that can beat you team that we saw all season long. It just stagnated. Um for whatever reason, that ball just was not moving well. And at the end, in the overtime, in the fourth quarter, at the end, everyone in the gym knew it was going to Taylor Horton Tucker. And, you know, obviously he's the player of the year. And, you know, you want to you wanna give him the chance. But, I mean, that's why the ball was stolen the last minute because there was no point in even guarding anybody. You know, they knew where the passes were going. And Taylor was forced to try and force some things. It was just... It was strange how in the overtime, it just never seemed like Simeon was going to win that game. It was a very impressive performance from Young. They just have so much state championship experience. You know, as Joe mentioned before, you know, and the, the way they beat Curie in that game before. So very impressive for Young. Simeon just, I'm not sure any team is going to be able to in the future win this city and state thing. It's just too many elimination games in a row. You have to win at a high level. It's just... I think we, we we talked so much about, at least I did, I know you repeated it too, what we saw from Simeon early on and that, that business-like approach. And I just, it just seemed, it, it tended to shift away from that. And, and like you said, a little bit more one-on-one. I, you know, you saw Simeon play so well so early in the season. And I did wonder, what well, can they keep, the, I mean, can they keep that level up? Because I didn't think the pieces and the parts necessarily equated to that high of a level of a team. And they, it just seemed to be playing even above and beyond what I thought they could. Even though I I know I had them preseason number one, I thought they were that good. But I, they they were playing at an elite level for a long time. And, and that's hard to do for, you know, even a month or two months. They, 
I just it was just a different type of season when you really broke it down, and they did not have that same. It just didn't seem like they had that same approach and mentality and that business like manner over the you know throughout even through the publicly playoffs even it just seemed a little different. Um, the other ones, other supers, we hit on Larkin. You know, they, they knocked off Bennett. Um, Evanston, no problem at all with Lake Zurich. Beat them by, what, 26 points. Jaheim Holden led the way. Um, down- uh, that, that's a little surprising, Evanston, Mike. Just the fact that, you know, we talked about that rough sectional, put a bunch of teams in a hat, number of teams could win, and they kind of breezed through it. They, they, I mean, they got a scare from Loyola in the semifinal. But beat Nutrier by double figures, took care of Loyola earlier, and then crushed Lake Zurich. Uh, the relative ease they had getting to where they're at right now is a little surprising to me. Yeah, see, I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of any of those teams. <laughs> so, well, who, who, who'd you pick to win the sectional? Niles North, who they didn't play. Well, yeah, but you must have been a fan of them. Yeah, but they didn't have to play them. Um, well, because they, yeah, they lost. <laughs> yeah, to New Jersey. So I, I feel like they got through there without playing what would have been their toughest matchup. You know, Lake Zurich wasn't ranked. You know, I didn't have Loyola ranked most of the year. Um, yeah, and the New Trier things, you know, that weird rivalry game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying I don't think it was the – it didn't wind up being as tough of a road as I thought it was going to be um, for them in the end. Um, the matter – really, in that sectional, you are – we are just complete opinion, different opinions on Evanston and Niles North. And neither right. one of us picked Evanston to win the sectional, did no. we? <laughs> no. There we go. Um, that's weird. Uh, 3A, we had uh, Marion Catholic beat Metamora in overtime. Some drama in this one. I, 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 Metamora, I guess, should have had a three that was counted as a two. Um, people are upset. Uh, North Chicago knocked off Boylan. Feel really bad. I didn't cover the Warhawks all year. Um, I we, I did talk about them in the preseason though because I liked what I saw at near the end of last season. You know, I, I think I saw them play Grant really late in the year, and I you could see they had a ton of great younger players. And then, but then the, the regular season didn't quite live up to that. But then Class Three A strikes, and they're well, there's no there's no question through. in the short history of the No Shot Club podcast. Uh, it's a four years. I don't know, but uh, three or four years. There's never been a team playing in Peoria that's talked about less on the podcast than North Chicago. There's no way. You think? Uh, down, yeah, I mean, I don't recall us talking about North Chicago. I did at the beginning of the year a bit. Yeah, that's November, but not since. But <laughs> we didn't we didn't talk about Marion Catholic too much. No, either. we didn't. No, no yeah. but I, but I remember. Yeah, I'm trying I to remember think. actually having a conversation on a podcast about how we don't talk about Marion Catholic. <laughs> yeah. So. I remember talking. I just don't even remember bringing up North Chicago, except for I don't know. I just anyway. I, I was just yeah. My memory's too bad to remember the other teams that went to state that we might not have talked. But yeah, you're probably it would have been some three A team most likely. Uh, Bishop McNamara <laughs> last year, um, and then uh, Morgan Park beat North Lawndale in a typical. I mean, North Lawndale games are hilarious. It's funny. I saw some of the reporters from the suburbs thought that game was over when it was like twenty one to three. And that's basically what North Lawndale does in every game. They, like, don't play for a half. Then they come out and score, like, 30 points in a quarter in the second half and make it tight. Um, ended up being, like, a 12-point game. Uh, so a decent end of the season for North Lawndale, who are also 
as usual, missing some pieces. Tamel Pearson played. I guess that's the big news uh, we should talk about. And that's something that could very well. Uh, he's the big man going to UAB, had eye surgery, missed the uh, whole season, I guess. Um, yeah. And then Springfield Southeast beat Marion. This was a close one. Um, so Southeast is going to be at state. So let's, uh, let's hit this preview. Yeah, the, uh, we'll do 4A first. Yeah, 4A first. We got uh, the first game is – which one is the first game? Is it Belleville-West-Larkin? Yeah, I think it's – yeah, Belleville-West-Larkin. Uh, you know, I, I I just – I can't say enough about Belleville-West. I mean, I know I'm going over top, but, you know, in addition to E.J. Liddell, who is just such a difference maker. And, and the other thing, Mike, is – People have to spend and spend so much energy and concentration on figuring out a way or what to do with him defensively. I mean, game planning for Belleville West is is EJ. It starts with EJ Liddell because if you just if you don't do anything with him, he's going to go for thirty four and fifteen, and it's going to be over. So you have to do something with him. Then it's a matter of that focus and attention is is. And you saw it with West Roar. It's such a focus on him that it just creates so many opportunities for everybody else. And E.J. Liddell's not – he's a decent passer. but and, and the underrated kid on that team, I mean, he shouldn't be underrated because he's one of the top 15 players in the state in the senior class, and he's going to Wright State, mid-major, who's in the NCAA tournament. Malachi Smith, big guard, 6'3", 6'3 and a half guard, who – uh, he transferred in, actually, so Chicago people. It doesn't just happen here in Chicago. He transferred in from Belleville East last year. But he's a 16-point-per-game guy, and, and they've got some pieces around him. I mean, they have some shooters that can knock a three down. They don't have, you know, this – well, physicality, too, with Keith Randolph. they got another big 6'5", 230-pound Division One football prospect inside. So they just pose so many problems, particularly at the high school level, with, with the matchups they can create. And I was just really impressed. I And then I look, Mike, if you look at their scores, and this is a concern usually for some coaches, you know, their state tournament run, they've won their games by 38, 20, 33, 24, and 19. And prior to that, their their previous eight games, they've won by 56, 38, 31, 28, 19, 21, 30, and 29 since their last their loss to St. Louis Chaminade. That is, I mean, that's just complete domination. And I was wondering what will happen, or well, I'm wondering what will happen when and if they are playing down to the wire a, a game because you know, they haven't had to for so long. I mean, not even a, 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 a threat from anyone. So that that does concern me if, you know, whether it be Larkin or Young or Evanston in a state title game, what will happen when uh, it gets down to the nitty-gritty of the final minute, final, final two, three minutes of the game, tied or down two, or, but we'll see if that happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm not real. I mean... It's not going to be a shock to anybody, but clearly I think Larkin is a, a very big underdog. Today on the coaches' conference call, um, Darren Carter just came out and said that, you know, he knows that they're big underdogs. Um, you know, they're going to approach it. They're going to try to win the game, but he's well aware of that. You look at the 
games on Larkin's schedule where they played, you know, very talented teams, and it, it's not going to give you a lot of confidence. Um, without, no. Without, they did play young well. You know, this is way back in November, the game I was at. They lost by six in overtime. Um, other than that, though, you know, the Proviso West experience, not going to give you any confidence. They were kind of embarrassed by uplift. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm worried that this game's going to get out of hand. They do have something that not a lot of people have. They have someone with size to get in there and at least bump up with EJ Liddell, Jalen Shaw. Um, maybe yeah, that'll the, help. The, the, the key is that they're somehow it, – it, it's so – I mean, I thought this would happen with the Crutcher, and it did, two quick fouls. He's not the size of Jalen Shaw. But that's my concern is, is Shaw – getting in foul trouble and if he's in foul trouble and I mean Larkin then I mean they don't have really any size at all besides EJ or uh, Jalen Shaw I mean Tally's kid I mean Pierre Black to me he he stepped up in the super sectional I think he how many threes he hit but um, five I think he's got 80 on the season now He's only averaging yeah. eight points a game, and he scored like eighteen. Right, but I mean, he he he's going to have to hit and knock down shots because yeah. um, they're not going to. Anthony Lynch is a, had a terrific season, a, a terrific player, and but his game is getting to the rim, beating people off the dribble, and I'm just saying, Mike, you cannot live that way against this team because yeah. Liddell just sits in there. Uh, as I mentioned, Randolph kids big. They take up space. There's the driving lanes are limited, and not only I mean EJ Liddell's blocked six shots a game, closing in on 200 blocks for the season, and he's, he doesn't even count all the ones he alters. So, you know, Larkin is a you, you mentioned it phenomenal season, record breaking season, historical run, and I mean, they're not just happy to be there. Nobody is usually when you get there. Uh, the stakes are raised, and we'll see if they can rise to the occasion. Yeah, Anthony Lynch, too. He's got a really nice mid-range game, but that could be a problem with EJ Liddell in there. Um, he's one of the better guards in the area um, at hitting that nice mid-range jumper that I've seen. So it'll be – yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if Larkin can can do it. I mean, I, I'm not going to rule him out. It wouldn't be crazy, but I haven't seen Belleville West yet. And I, yeah, I don't have a ton of confidence in Larkin. Um, the second, yeah, I, yeah, I just, it, uh, it, I mean, what, yeah, if it was a spread, I mean, I don't know. What do you think you'd have to put it at? Thirteen and a half, fourteen. Yeah, that's. I was yeah. thinking fifteen. And I, I, I mean, the other thing, I mean, Larkin, like you said, when they've played. Some of the top teams, they, they just – but I, I almost, too, Mike, have to consider that this Larkin team right now is completely different than the regular season Larkin because there were some – they had some lemons during the season. Yeah. And some significant losses that were, were scratch-your-head losses. And I, I just kind of think this Larkin team is they, – they, they've shown a way last year to, to make a run and this year again. So, uh, yeah, I – I had Belleville West by double digits. And Met, then... Evanston I, Young. I, I think this is going to be fun. I, I just believe that both these teams really like to push tempo. They really get up and down the floor, put points on the board, and get out in transition. There are a bunch of guards that are going to be running around. <laughs> There's no 
interior big man on either team that's going to do anything offensively. They're not pounding it into the uh, into the post. They just get out, run, put pressure on you defensively. That's what I've liked about what I've seen about. I've seen Evanston a few times here in the second half of the season, and I just think they've really turned it up a notch defensively and put a lot of pressure on you. And it would be interesting. My my thing is Evanston does that with Whitney Young. I mean, that's what Young kind of thrives off is, is dribble drive, get into that rim, you know, whether it's Beard or Miles Baker or Castaneda or Jamon Freeman, obviously, is the, the catalyst. They are so good at getting to the rim. And it, that dynamic, Evanston's pressure defense against a team that, you know, Young's not a great shooting team, but they've got guys that just get to the rim. And you know, they got a few, you know, Jake Kasikowski can hit a three, stretch a defense. You know, Miles Baker and Justin Boyd and Castaneda, they're all, you know, maybe throwing a three, but they're not a great shooting team. They are get to the basket, get to the hole, and Evanston doesn't have an interior defender back there, and they are going, they're not going to not do what they've done all year, and they're going to get up in them, and they're going to have to cut off that, that, that driving game of Whitney Young. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely going to be, I, I just read the preview for the newspaper, this is going to be a, a fast one, breakneck pace, um, no doubt about that, um, big college court, both teams running. I just I don't see this one as being a whole lot closer than the first one. Uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be close. I, I I really think it'll be close. I don't I don't I mean single digits. I just I man, I know you what you're. I I just believe at the end of the day, Javon Freeman is the best player in that court, and Castaneda is a point guard who is is poised and has been through down this road. If you don't think you know, and I know you'd probably agree with me that that experience last year is going to pay dividends in this semifinal game. That's where it could get to the point where what you're saying, just that experience of playing that game down in Peoria. Uh, but I, I, I mean, again, I think I've liked Evanston a little more than I didn't pick them to win that sectional. I just, I don't know, I, I like that Evanston team when I saw over the second half of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I'm the one who had them ranked in the preseason, and you thought I was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always painted at the Evans I mean, to <laughs> You you look at you know what they've accomplished. I know at this point in the year they're really not freshmen. You know, you know the phrase, but they've had one guy back from last year, a team that went to the super sectional with no gel Eastern, and and you know one key player back and in Lance Jones. So for them to get where they are right now, uh, that's an impressive no matter what happens going forward, a, a really incredible run by Evanston. Yeah, and you know, the one thing, the, the one way I can see this game not going how I expect is the shooters. You know, Evanston can get red hot from three. You know, Blake Peters, everybody knows about him after that. He's got 73 threes. I think he's shooting almost 40% from three-point range. You know, Jaheim Holden can really shoot it. Ryan Bost can shoot it. You know, they've got a lot of guys who can really hit a three, and that's something that could turn this game around. Just, you know, three or four of those could make a really, really big difference. Um, I also think that Jalen Gibson, the freshman, has... You know, I haven't seen any of the playoff run, but the last couple times I'd seen them in the regular season, he'd really started to be that guy who came off the bench and gave them something. You know, he wasn't just impressive looking out there as a freshman. He actually was contributing some really interesting, you know, 
rough points, you know, some rebounding. And so to watch his him evolve has been very interesting. I think he's been a freshman we haven't talked a ton about this year that has a really high ceiling. Yeah, I, you know, I'm a, you're obviously taking Young. I'm taking Young. Uh, we're both taking Belleville West. And then so what sets up to be what I think is a terrific state championship game. And, you know, a re, you know Whitney Young going for the repeat. And, again, that experience of playing that state championship game will only help them. Obviously, I've got my my love affair right now with Belleville West, and I will be picking Belleville West to beat Whitney Young. And I think a tight one, a really tight one. Uh, that could go either way, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm picking Belleville West. Ooh, a tight one would be exciting. <laughs> I'm excited about the state tournament, and that would be a great way to end the season. Um, yeah, I've got Young for sure. I mean, what a road they will have, I mean, played just to get here. If they if they, if they end up knocking off Belleville West, Evanston, Simeon, and Curie, uh, you know, not to mention Lincoln Park, they could have lost that game easily. Um, really impressive. Um, it's hard for me to talk too much since I haven't seen Belleville West, but I am done doubting uh, Young. I got on board last year much earlier than this. <laughs> but uh, this year, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board. It should be... A really fun state tournament. We've got some big public schools here. No excuse not for any for there not to be any attendance. Hopefully Larkin brings a nice crowd. Um, let's go to uh, 3A, starting out with Morgan Park, Marion Catholic. Two teams that recruit heavily in the south suburbs <laughs> going at one another. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I talked about Marion Catholic. I I have a hard time figuring out what man Morgan Park has been my pick from day one since the season started to win the three A state championship and it's never way I've never wavered I've never changed despite the losses despite the injuries I didn't care part part of that is Morgan Park part of it's three A basketball and I just see a clear difference in talent without question in this one because Isle Sumu, Camberell, and Adam Miller are probably the three best players on the floor all on one team. And I don't know what Pearson's going to give them. I didn't see his return. I don't even really know what he did, to be honest. Came I came in uh, briefly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but he's 6'9". And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it, even minutes here and there, uh, get you some rebounds, create some problems defensively or – for offensively for Mary Catholic. So, yeah, I, again, I, I just think this is Morgan Park's state championship to lose, and I just don't see them losing here because I, I think they have too much firepower for a, for a Mary Catholic team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's kind of how I feel about the Evanston-Young game. I mean, until proven otherwise, these the top-tier city teams have just dominated this season. And it's just hard to believe that anybody else is going to take them down. Marion Catholic, I was very impressed with them. <clears throat> Excuse me, when I saw them lose to Marist. And I kept them in the rankings pretty high. And all the, you know, everyone was very impressed with St. Viator for winning the conference and seemed to think that Marist and Marion Catholic weren't good. Um, but to me, they were clearly better teams. Their, their playoff run has proven that. Um, and this is going to just set up nicely for Marion next year. You know, everybody's back. They're going to get a ton of experience this weekend, you know, playing on the college floor against this crazy talented Morgan Park team, which they're destroying people, you know, good teams. And it's almost like, yes, we both agree Morgan Park's been the huge favorite in 3A, but they're playing even better now 
you know, than we might have even thought they would be at this point. So it's very difficult. You know, they know everything about Peoria. The routine is set. This looks like a... Yeah, the Bogan score is the one that's what's oh, alarming. Oh, man, yes. You know, I just, when I saw that, I, you know, I do my predictions and I make my picks, which I... I already quit doing mine because I just get abused by making actual picks. But uh, <laughs> I just why do you think I, I don't do that? Yeah, they can listen to the podcast uh, if they want some picks. Otherwise, yeah. good lord, it's like I'm stealing their child. But uh, <laughs> I uh, that 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 score, yeah, you know, to beat Bogan like that in a sectional championship in a game that I mean that that kind of game is. Well, you know what we we we've seen those games. They're just they're as intense as they can get, and to see one slip away by thirty in a sectional final is how how Bogan allowed Morgan Park to score one hundred and one points on them and walk away healthy is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very right. interesting to me. One hundred one to seventy one. Those teams do not like one another. You know, there's a lot of rivalries in the city, um, especially the coaches. It's not, but that one is hot. Um, yeah, exactly. That's why I was just shocked by yeah. it. And uh, but I. Again, I talked about Miller, DeSumo, and Burrell, and we, we can't forget, I mean, Kenyon Dooling, I think he had a nice game in the in the Super. I think he scored 16 or 17. You know, he, he's been really an unsung player for them. And Marcus Watson, the sophomore guard, has really provided a another offensive, more offensive punch. That's why you, you go down the line, and they just got so many weapons. Yeah. And they're and they're magnified even more when you throw them in. And I'm not trying to rip three A here again, but you you put them in the three A field, and it's just like exclamation points when you talk about these guys because it's so different than the talent level. Uh, and and then again, neither neither one of us have seen Springfield Southeast. Uh, they've obviously had a great season, but right now this is Morgan Parks to lose. I mean, I'll go so far as to say with the way Morgan Parks bench is playing. I'm not sure that their second team. There's people are gonna like this. I'm not sure their second team wouldn't be in Peoria. I, I mean, they've been playing which, that well. Bigs which, like Kyle Grover well, and Carl Jones had come off the bench and are really good. DeAndre Freeman was one of the best players in the game against I St. Louis. I could put them in certain sectionals. Yeah, and, and get them back down. <laughs> I mean, it's. I don't know if they'd be Bogan on the second team, but no. But some of these uh, other ways through, they could. But yeah, you're yeah. right. It's they've gotten better and better. And I mean, when you got six, seven kids coming off the bench like Grover and Jones and doing stuff, and it's interesting when you look at their their points on the you'll, you'll see in the state tournament program and everything. Almost everybody on the team is averaging more than two points a game. I yeah, mean, I just. It's not, you know, since that season started, I know I, I've even, I think I even made a, one of my two takes at some point was simply no one is beating or, and no one is beating Morgan park. I, I just, and, and I'll stick to it here with, with Morgan park. I just, I just don't see it. Uh, there, there's just too much talent, too much balance and firepower with this team. And as you just mentioned, your point about just having the whole comfort of knowing what you're doing when you're down there already and been through it and done it before. Yeah, haven't even been challenged. I mean, it's been something. Uh, in the second game here, North Chicago, the Warhawks against Springfield Southeast. It's been a nice playoff run for the for North Chicago. They knocked off DePaul. That was kind of the big upset um, that not a lot of people expected. They were at home. They're a weird team. Tyrek Cooper, who... Actually, was in our my preseason preview. He was one of the best shooters in the state. He had 110, uh, or sorry, uh, 
sorry, had a bunch of threes this year. He's their leading scorer at 15 a game, but he does not start. He comes off the bench. Long-time fans will be a little shocked by this North Chicago team because they've got size. Um, Rayshon Samoa, 6'6", and Achan Clinton, 6'8". They're both juniors. Start for them. Uh, Gerald King Coleman, the coach, is, t- is talking about how he had to kind of learn how to coach differently this year because the running like they do, you know, how the Warhawks have always played, it wasn't working with these big kids. He had to learn how to coach big kids. So this team is a little bit slower than what we're used to out of North Chicago. And they've got a lot coming back next year. So it's going to be interesting to see how they can do here against Springfield Southeast. I mean, they, they've won, they've, they haven't lost since January. and But that January loss, Mike, Curie by 42 points, 87 to 45. Now, maybe, I don't know if somebody was missing, I have no idea, but that that's a little alarming. Uh, Morgan Park played Curie tough this year. I know, I know they lost to him too early in the year, but you love, I mean, they lost to what gave up 107 to Waukegan, lost to Zion Benton. I don't know. Um, their, their run, other than that DePaul prep win, which was on their home court. I mean, their run is not exactly I mean, Grays Lake North, Wakanda, Grant, Grays Lake Central, Antioch, Lakes, Elmwood Park, Ridgewood, Carmel, Boylan. That's a nice run they put together, but you try to find, pick out some wins that would warrant them beating some really good teams in Peoria, and I can't find it on their schedule. Uh, I just, there's, there's not one big, huge win all year, so... You're playing in Peoria, and they did beat the Paul Prep, which is a really good, nice win. I mean, the Carmel win is frankly probably their second best win of the season, too. Right, you got to say and, in the playoffs. Well, yeah. well it's, I guess that's more to my point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, you know, I, I just—it's really hard for me now. I, I I can't sit here and pretend to know a lot about Southeast Springfield Southeast, other than a couple of the players I'm familiar with seeing in the off season. And really, I, I things have been brewing, Mike, with this team. And just as you talk to different people and you kind of do your homework and research and talk about teams across the state, I had heard about Southeast, Springfield Southeast. and But it was always, okay, they're going to be really good this year. And then next year, they're going to be loaded. And if you look at the roster, they, they were, they'll they return almost everybody. I think they, leave, they lose one key player. But everybody else is back. Anthony Fairley is probably the most athletic player that'll be in Peoria this weekend. That's how athletic he is. He is he jumps out of the gym. Uh, 6'3", kind of a wing, trying to figure out just what he is as a player as far as he doesn't shoot it real well, uh, but he is an electric, above-the-rim athlete. And he's our leading scorer, 15 or 16 a game. He's just a junior. And there's a whole bunch of young you – know, there's a junior-dominated team. Uh, so very well could be back next year, but – you know they've they've played a decent schedule too. I mean, if you look up and down their schedule, they've played some teams. They've, they've obviously Springfield Landfear, which finished fourth in the state last year. They beat them. That's hard to do. They beat them and their rivals three times this year, including that sectional championship game. So I, you know, I like Springfield Southeast uh, to beat North Chicago and to match up with Morgan Park in the state championship. Yeah, fairly. Um, they've got him at 6'4 now, averaging the 16 points, 8.6 boards, 2.6 assists, and he's shooting 56% from the field. Probably a lot of dunks. 
um, helping that out. Um, his season high is 27, so it sounds like he's going to be the guy the North Chicago has to worry about. It sounds like they've got the size to at least give it a shot. Um, Terion Murdoch's the uh, junior guard. You were talking. Yeah, he's about, a point guard, yeah. yeah. 12 points, 5.7 assists, 4.6 boards. He missed eight games this year. Um, yeah, yeah. Wrist injury and hand injury came back and and really kind of solidified them as well as Kobe Medley. Kobe Medley is a really talented shooter, and you know, I he's the one guy who's a senior who they will lose a key player, but he he's I look up his stats, but I mean, I know he can. Yeah, he hit seventy six threes this year. So and they've obviously got weapons. They've they've piled up twenty twenty eight wins or twenty eight and three. And one of those uh, was with um, Murdoch's injured. That was MacArthur. So the full team hasn't lost since December 15th. Yeah. And uh, they, they lost to Champaign Central early in the year. So you look back, you know, Southeast played Champaign Central about the same time as Morgan Park at the early part of the season. And, you know, Southeast lost to Champaign Central. Morgan Park beat Champaign Central. But again, that was back in November, early December. So yeah, you've got. I mean, I think Southeast has to be the the favorite um, in this one. Yeah, I, I I take Southeast. I, I and I think Southeast Morgan Park. I, I I don't. I think it'll be closer than I don't know what people are expecting. But you know, I, I got Morgan Park in, in the winning it. But I, I think it could be a little closer than people think. That would be good. Um, Without, I mean, it, it is difficult when you have not seen, obviously, yeah. Springfield Southeast. Uh, but going by their talent level, going by what they've done, uh, I don't know, I'll say Morgan Park by, by 10, 8 or 10. <laughs> oh, man, I was thinking you were going to look closer than that. So it won't be a blowout, is what you're no, saying. No, not a blowout. Okay. Can't have all blowouts down there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, again, I mean, Morgan Park is <laughs> they're a pretty, pretty dominant 3A team right now. You, we, you know, they're, they're a team that you put them in 4A this weekend, and they would more than hold their own and, and challenge for a state championship. And those are the, those are the best teams. So you put them in the – the weaker 3A group, and they're a dominant team. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I wouldn't be – I guess I'll probably pick Morgan Park to win by a little bit more. <laughs> That's all we can defer on. <laughs> um, differ on, sorry. Yeah, I don't – yeah, it's been quite the public league. Have I – has any – I think Niles North might have briefly cracked the top five. I'm not sure. I don't think yeah. any other yeah. non-CPS team did. Well, I, I believe – Did they? We we uh, I think we have picked the exact same picks, which isn't very fun <laughs> for every game except for the four A state championship. Yeah, it's just whether or not um, Evanston and is going to get bl- beaten bad or <laughs> Springfield Southeast in the title game. Yeah, yeah. But, but with the way we've been picking this year, <laughs> I mean, we could be wrong about it all. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I, we, you should have more knowledge as you whittle it down to eighteen. <laughs> I would think, but again, I, I I'll be surprised. I mean, I'll be I'll, I'll be shocked if Morgan Park doesn't win a three A title, and I'll be surprised if Belleville West doesn't in four A. And th- so then we will have if Morgan Park and Young win, they will both not have won their conference. 
but they'll and, win and, state. And, and yeah, they they can hang out with Saint Viator and the great teams that won their conference. <laughs> Sorry, I took a lot of Saint uh, Viator attacks this year. These people are on my case, man. Uh, <laughs> another school that I literally have nothing against. I very much enjoy going to Saint Viator, and I like their players. But man, these parents, whoo. Yeah, we should do a podcast of top five crazy parent schools. Yeah. I'm not, I, after we wrap this up, I'm going on an Evanston podcast. Some kids, I guess, asked me on. They think I just hate them. I think you're to blame for that, Joe. You're going You're going on? Yes. I'm guesting on an Evanston student podcast. because do the student, Are the students going to grill you? Apparently, yeah. Wait, wait till they hear I think they're going to get smoked by Young. <laughs> That's not going to go over well. I've had Evanston ranked really higher than almost anybody all year. I don't understand where this – I've been the biggest Evanston fan this season of anyone. Yeah, I, I – all your Evanston disagreements were last year with me. Yes, and I was not wrong, I but I would like I to point out. Well, okay, now see, we're going to argue again. Yeah, but I mean, where, where's the state title last year? I mean – Okay, but when you go and you reach a super sectional and you lose to the eventual state champion, I mean, it's not like it's a – Failure. No, not at all. But after they beat Simeon, in the game Simeon didn't try, they felt like they should have been ranked number one. And well, I don't know anything about the yeah, that, breakdown rankings. I'm yeah. just saying I, the the schedule Evanston played last year. We're talking about Evanston last year. The schedule they played last year was very, very strong. They went out of state and played some some loaded teams. And their record was a glitzy record. They did everything they needed to do except for beat the eventual state champion in the super sectional. That's all. So, but anyway, they, they, they get there this year and they get their shot at young again, who knocked them out of the super right last year. Yeah. Super sectional loss at Chicago's yeah. Chicago state. Yeah. That's part of the problem with my pick here. It's like young has the same team minus Lucas Williamson that beat last year's great Evanston team who has, and it's now Lance Jones and a bunch of, freshman yeah not not yeah. the best matchup but it should be fun i'm glad evanson's there hopefully they bring a nice crowd that's what i'm for a man even as far as cps goes you know young should will bring people then you got evanston belleville west and larkin let's get there will be there's no excuse yeah belleville west didn't have two for tuesday night their, their crowd was okay so hopefully uh, they bring some these are big schools i mean Let's do this. I want to see a crowd. If there's not a crowd this weekend, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. So you're expecting a big crowd, really? No, I'm hoping. I'm being hopeful. Um, I can't wait to see uh, the pure. The wild, the wild card would be me because North Chicago is not going to bring a ton. No. I don't think Marion's going to bring a ton. Oh, Morgan so Park is not going to bring hope for Marion. I have no idea what Springfield Southeast brings. No, no clue. Me neither. I'm hoping Marion has. I, I think Marion will surprise us. Hopefully, right. crowd wise, you know they they do well in that gym. They they have a nice community of uh, hoop fans. Hopefully, uh, yeah. The pure original star reporter Nick Vlahos, who's a friend of mine, a lot of you've probably seen him on Twitter, read his stuff, has been asking like every coach in the conference calls if the tournament should move out of Peoria, and it's been interesting. Well, well, what's the answers? Oh, well, okay. Well, the way it's, fra- I have issues with all of it. The way it's phrased. Because first of all, 
if I'm going to Peoria with my <laughs> yeah. team yes. in 24 hours, <laughs> the last thing I'm doing is I'm going to diss the place and say it should be moved. Yeah. I would, yeah. Did anybody actually say that? Yes. Um, but no, the, I'll, yeah, like, I'll just, I guess just tell the whole thing. But, you know, the question is always that. And, and Nick also introduces himself. And so he says he's from Peoria. And so who's going to tell somebody <laughs> from saying, I mean, geez. Yeah. so yeah, almost everybody has said that they want to go there, but then there's stuff like Lou Adams from or was like, you know, he didn't like one of his big points was he didn't want to, um, the kids like staying in the hotel and you know, that's a big deal to them. Well, you know, they'd stay in a hotel in Chicago too. The IHSA pays for, you know, Peoria teams to stay, you know, that wouldn't go away. And you know, you know, n- nobody brought that up of course. Um, but no, Maybe looking out your window and seeing the Chicago <laughs> skyline makes you realize you're really not staying away from yeah. home. I don't know. Um, but no, Tyrone Slaughter um, said that not only, you know, he was very nice about it. You know, how, how well everyone's treated him there. They, he likes going there. And he said, selfishly, he's fine with the tournament staying there. But he thinks that overall, something needs to change. And I believe he, the exact quote was sooner rather than later. Um, to get some energy and things, and you know, uh, you know, we both agree with that. I think Tyrone's right. Um, so yeah, I don't know what uh, we'll see. What Nick's story has to say about all that? Uh, I guess some things I heard last weekend, as long as we're blathering about the state tournament, I was talking, you know, to some IHSA people um, about kind of the state of things there. You know, we always hear a lot about the volunteers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going well. What? Yeah, that's their that's their bread and butter. That's why I. That's the best thing they have going yeah according to a source they have resorted the last couple years to junior high kids working in the experience oh they can't (laughs) the high schools that used to send guys people aren't anymore and i guess the caterpillar leaders leaving made things way worse this year because you know it used to be like kind of a you know, corporate thing. You know, a lot of people probably work in places like that when when your boss says you know why don't we go help out everybody goes and helps out well those bosses left um, so, so that's made this year a little bit more difficult. But yes, according to sources, the um, volunteer thing has dried up a bit, and the experience isn't super popular. Um, it does it's not okay. anymore. No, it does okay. Um, well, it, it, I haven't been in there for I don't know twelve years. Yeah, I walk around once every year just to see kind of oh, what, do you? yeah what is happening. I'll take some pictures of like you know they'll have a is big. It, is it is it different thing. than it was ten years ago? Uh, not really. No. Um, so yeah, it's. I guess that's. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I heard about the uh, state tournament. Uh, the, you know, I guess there is. It sounds like a lot of people favor moving it to the one weekend thing, and I think that could happen. But I think one interesting thing I did hear was they haven't received a complaint from a school ever about four class basketball. So that's how little, and you know, that's who runs the organization. So there's no way that's changing. That's what we thought. But I just thought it was interesting to hear that, you know, they've never heard a complaint from a school uh, about four-class basketball. So that's not going away. Um, over the next couple of weeks, you know, when the who's season... Gonna, who's going to file a complaint and say, hey, we don't like it? It's got to be like a... Who would? Um, a, a mission for, that's designated by a group of people that set out to do it and rally the schools around. I mean, it's not just going to be a rant, hey... We don't like your four class. I don't know. Anyway, I'll I'll I'll, like I'll, I'll, I'll You'll play. start it. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I, I, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I've done surveys. I've done endless stories. I can pull out that. I mean, it, the consensus. And, and, and I, that's a, we need to really seriously have one podcast dedicated strictly to the state tournament in Peoria. 
Well, we'll see how it goes this weekend. And um, I mean, by the way, real yeah, quick, yeah. I want to say because before everybody says you guys keep bashing Peoria, I want to say I was anti-Peoria leaving, going in from Champaign to Peoria, as anti as can be. And I, I give myself a pat on the back, and I credit myself for for being a big enough guy that yeah. admit, admits that I was wrong. Because the first several years of Peoria were, I mean, for what was happening in Champaign, and it was fizzling a little bit down there. It was dying out, and that was still two class basketball. And but the first, I don't know, five to eight years in Peoria were terrific. It was lively. They treated you. They treated you unbelievably well. There was a buzz. Everybody was downtown. It was bustling. It was what you envisioned it to be. And it was like, wow, they kind of struck it rich here by reviving it. And and it's again, it's very simple to me, Mike. It, it, there's two things: the demise of Peoria happened, as far as the you know the community in the town it hit, hit some hard times and the businesses. And four class basketball, they co- they basically happen together for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Peoria's fall is you know over the last few years, it's continued, but the town and city itself. But I, I just, I, it's so clear to me what's happened, and 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 that's where we're at. But and to fix those two things, there's nothing you can do to fix those two things. No, exactly. The four class isn't going away, and we can't revitalize downtown Peoria. Um, yeah, I was not a fan, you know, I just didn't, I didn't care when it moved. I was okay with it when it moved from Champaign to Peoria because I'd had just a lot of bad personal experiences at the state tournament in Champaign, my team's losing and troubles with other things. So I was fine with it. I was looking forward to trying something new and yeah, you, you couldn't be more right about how great it was in Peoria. Those first, however many years, it was spectacular. Um, I was out after the two A title game with some reporters from around the state and I was, I was telling them this exact story, just exactly what you just said about how awesome it was, because they're younger guys. I think a lot of them never experienced that. And they just, I think, think of both of us as people complaining about Peoria. And so, yeah, I guess it is important to let everybody know that it was it was wonderful. Yes. In Peoria. Absolutely I, it, wonderful. And, and I, I remember writing things about how the hospitality of, of, you know, you talked about those volunteers and how well they treated and took care of the teams that were there and, and just bent over backwards to help you. I mean, the only negative I had is I just was never a big fan of Carver Arena, and I still am not. I just kind of think it's... Yeah, I think when it all kind of, when it jumped the shark, the end, we should have known was when Sully's closed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but there's like little, there's like little hits here and there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then a hotel closes, and then it's just, I don't know, it, it was... Um, that Holiday Inn never even opened back up, did it? No, it's got it's delayed. It's going to be a four points by Sheridan. It's delayed. Oh, there. Here's another thing. I almost tweeted this out. I'll mention it here. But last I I checked I, I check all the time the Peoria hotel rates because um, I'm always trying to get it a little bit cheaper for the Sun Times. That's what a great employee I am. And uh, the at one point, this is like a week ago. The Friday night, this Friday coming Friday, the Marriott Courtyard is sold out. But there's still rooms at the Pierre Marquette, and it was two forty nine um, a night. So I did a search, you know, same on the Marriott site for Chicago. You could stay in almost any hotel in Chicago for less than that. And the Ritz Carlton in downtown Chicago was two sixty five. It was sixteen dollars more than the 
Pierre Marquette. <sighs> yeah, and it's back up to like two thirty. It had gone down a little bit. Now I, I just checked, and it's way it's back up again to like two thirty. Um, for that. Any, do you have any idea what it was if you booked it in December or January? Or, or well, no? you couldn't. Um, oh, those Marriotts right. are in a dispute. They might be losing the Marriott name, um, and so they don't show up on the booking website. Um, they didn't show up until two weeks ago, so I had to call. I did call like a month ago, and I got 189. Um, but you couldn't even do it online because those hotels are having issues. Um, but anyway, that's the, uh, a little bit on Peoria, but we can talk more. Uh, I joked on Twitter. I'm I did good on Saturday. I approached it as a camping trip and that I can't buy anything I need in downtown Peoria. It's like going to the woods. So I have to bring it all. <laughs> so do you, do you pack a cooler with food? Or I, I think I might have to now for, I was only staying one night, but Last yeah, you, you you go yeah. three nights. You, I'm you gonna got, yeah. Last year I brought a lot of food. Up. I did bring some bring some lunch meat. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to bring. I'm gonna have to because I, I don't have time. When, when talking too much about this, I don't have time to get to a restaurant. You know, I got six pages of the paper to write in two days. All this stuff to do. There's no dining <laughs> for me. I need something quick, and uh, that that doesn't exist down there. So I will be ready. I guess if you see me, um, throw some food at me. Um, We'll look forward to it, everybody. Hopefully you're driving down now <laughs> listening to this. And um, you guys have time to eat places. Uh, don't go to Hooters, though, because we heard it closed. Yeah, it is closed. <laughs> yeah. So have a great weekend and enjoy the state tournament. Thanks for listening all year. We'll be back next week to wrap it all up. 